What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Eastern Edge Hunting Podcast. You are here with TJ and Matt, and today we're going to be bringing you the latest and greatest information of our hunting seasons. Um, archery season opened up here in Connecticut, and we got a bunch of stuff to talk about um, of upcoming season events and Matt going on his trip and my black bear hunt in Massachusetts. So without further ado, we're going to get right into it and uh, start off with our weekly recap. Matt, why don't you hit us off, brother? Thanks, CJ. So on the elk hunting side of things, uh, it was it's been productive the last few weeks. Just a lot of final gear checks, yep. unpacking, repacking, trying to really count every ounce where we can, and just really look at each individual piece of gear. You know, even right down to the med kit. Hey, do I need mm. you know five bandages or do I need three? Or do I need <laughs> two? You know, so little things like that just to try to save space and ounces. Yeah. But when you do that over you know, I don't know, probably hundreds of pieces of gear that, you know, make up an entire pack yep. to go elk hunting in the backcountry for, for nine, 10 days. Um, every little ounce starts to add up after a while. If you yeah. can shave a few here, shave a few there, but still maintain the integrity of your kit yep. and get the job done, that's kind of the overall goal. So yep. that's that's been a lot of what, uh, what we've been doing over the last few weeks is just unpacking, repacking, trying to consolidate as much as we can, making sure that Hey, if it's a if it's a group piece of gear, you know, um, we don't have multiple guys bringing the same piece. So, for example, like tripods with spotting scopes, we're we're bringing mm. two of, for each group, two for each, right? Yeah. So we're bringing two spotters, two tripods, but just to make sure nobody's necessarily bringing an extra one because they weren't on the same page, you know, yeah, or yeah. didn't realize yeah. somebody else had one. So, just all those final little things. Um, we've also sent out some of our food to a buddy of ours out in Colorado just ahead of time so that way we can minimize some of our weight and bulkiness going through the airport yeah everything will still fit in the bag 100% I already checked all that it's just less weight and less less stuff having to go through airplanes and fewer less bags you know as, as you get to like that third or even fourth bag on the airlines the fees just oh, yeah. astronomical yeah. so for this first trip we're taking advantage of being able to fly out purchase a few things when we're there if we're successful such as like extra large coolers that some of us don't have yet yep yep and then all the subsequent years we'll, we'll drive out and, and be able to kind of be a little more uh won't have to be as picky with, with packing and stuff to get things in suitcases and whatnot. yeah once you get a fine tune and get through this test run pretty much right? exactly yep, exactly yep, yep. and then uh so outside of the gear <coughs> we've been shooting quite a bit yep uh, derek and i hit the range last week and we were shooting everything from you know zero to 300 cool running some drills trying to get heart rate up doing you know burpees and push-ups and air squats trying to just see what it was like you yep. know with with a heavy heavy heart bumping and heavy breathing <laughs> and uh trying to shoot off a pack shooting prone shooting all different positions just to try to replicate some real world scenarios and, and give us some good practice so we're ready cool cool um so my weekly recap i uh did my did my bear hunt went out um well one of them i should say early season did did wrap up uh, i think last week or the 22nd i think was the end of early season black bear uh from mass and uh i was able to get out once or twice um didn't see much didn't see any bear <laughs> a lot of good deer sign in the bear woods but um i did hunt over that that location where i did see the sign and i took the yep. pictures um unfortunately somebody else put a tree stand literally right over that oh, right over that sign so um that was kind of a big bummer for me, but I still, you know, nobody was there the night that I was there, so I sat um, in this. I didn't sit in the tree stand. I sat in the spot where I was planning on sitting on the ground, um, but didn't see anything. Um, and then I went out for a full day. Um, I think the Saturday after the opener, maybe the next next weekend, and uh, uh, kind of hunted through the whole the whole forest there because it's a pretty small forest. Um, yeah, and just couldn't come up with anything. Didn't really see too much other side for black bear in there either. Um, there is a whole nother section that I I didn't really get to do in that state forest, so I would like to go back there and check that out. But um, now that it's whitetail season here in Connecticut, you know, my uh, priority has kind of changed a little bit. Sure. So, you know, I mean, just pausing for a second on the black bear, this was your first year doing it yep. in mass. Yep. Yep. No baiting in Massachusetts allowed. No, it's no baiting, no dogs. You know, 
almost hunting them like deer, right? You're, mm-hmm. you're trying to find sign, patting them the best you can, and, and sitting over that sign. Yep. So what was, like, your biggest takeaway from this first run of doing it, and would you do it again? Well, I'm definitely going to do it again. Um, I'm going to do it again this year uh, for the next, you know, two seasons. Uh, my biggest takeaway is I need to get more scouting done. Um, I use the excuse that it's far away, but in reality, it's only you know like about an hour away, you know. So it's, but it, you know, it's a, it's a full day. Even just being an hour away, I'd like to spend the time and go really, you know, do a full day scouting. And you need to because you know I go I went up for a couple hours here and there, and it's just not enough time to find the food sources to find, um, you know, the water holes. And sure, you can you can look up that kind of stuff on on maps, but um and that's kind of what i did this time but then i get there and it's the habitat isn't you know what i thought it was or there's just different um animals in that in that um area so that's probably my biggest thing it's just going to be getting out scouting more um and i you know i need to do a little more research on the animal itself and see what its early season food sources are not you know black bears just don't eat raspberries and and donuts you know you gotta you gotta really figure out what they're going for in september um and then what changes between september to november and december you know so what's going on with them um so it's a lot to learn i definitely you know i did a bunch of research and but i just didn't do enough you know and then more scouting find um finding the sign knowing what the sign actually is and what it looks like so um but yeah, I'll be back out. I'll definitely be back out come I think November's the next season. You know, be a little cooler too. It would have sucked pretty bad to try to drag a deer out in September. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know. I mean, the bears the bears patterns I'm sure are going to change from from September even in October into November. They're really probably yeah. getting ready to get their last few bites before they start hibernating yeah. come in yeah. that time of year depending on the temps and how cold the weather we get this year. Yep, yep. But overall um, I know you gave us some nuggets on like what you learned. Yeah. Did you see a lot of other hunters out there? I know you said there wasn't one in that spot, but like at the trailhead or at the parking lot. I didn't. Well, I'm not 100 percent sure just because there's uh, in every parking area in that in that state forest. Like there's a lot of trails, so a lot of hikers go and a lot of horse you know horseback riders go. And I obviously know them because they got the the trailers and. Sure. But uh, you know, I think I saw a couple. There was a couple trucks in there that i believe to be hunters i never saw any anybody else in the woods though um so and then when i posted uh, i'm in a couple facebook groups for mass hunting and stuff like that and when i posted in there a lot of the guys were saying you know there's not much success in that state forest for bear hunting and this and that but um so i don't think there might have been some pressure i'm really not sure plus the the season opener it opens on a tuesday so for a lot of guys to get out on a Tuesday during the week, you know, might be kind of sure. hard. So yeah. So as like the the pressure cycle goes, the weekend's always yeah. heavier, and then yeah. it tapers off as you get away from you know Saturday Sunday. Yeah. And then what you know when I was there that Saturday, I, I don't think maybe like I said one truck was there possibly hunting, and I don't even know if the guy who put the tree stand up was for bears. Sure. Could you be know it could have just been for deer season, which opens up in October for them. So. Um, one other thing I did find out about that state forest, though, is um, half of it's in a different town, and you need permission from that town to hunt on that piece on of the state. Half, yeah. yeah, and I didn't realize that until I was driving um, the. Uh, I was driving up on another trail, and I guess I crossed the town line, and then I saw you know the signs. Sign. Yeah, so that's just a little tidbit for all you guys hunting these state forests in multiple towns just make sure you have the permission and you know that take that precaution before you just go running through the woods with a gun you know yeah it's it's interesting because we don't have really anything like that here in connecticut it's you know if you're it's just the state, state forest ground, yeah. you're hunting state ground um it kind of trumps the you know the state ground is is the laws and regulations based yeah. on, on hunting that doesn't necessarily yeah bubble and, down to the town unless it was just you know one of the neighbors because there's houses within the state forest too so unless it was one of those guys just putting up the sign but i, I wasn't taking that chance you know? <laughs> sure, sure i wouldn't either i wouldn't either <laughs> so um but yeah other than that you know that that's pretty much 
for the weekly recap um, as far as bear hunting goes. And so I think the next <clears throat> big thing that we could talk about is whitetails, man. Archery opener in Connecticut was September 15th. Yeah, right? 15th, yeah, 16th was Sunday public land. Year, yeah. yeah. Um, so I was out. I know. Did you go Did you go out for the opener? You I was out, out in the opener, opener yeah. yeah. How'd that go for you? What What was your... What was what was your strategy and your turnout for your opening day? Yeah, so I I have I don't even know a ton of trail cameras, a dozen or more that were yeah. run on on a couple of different properties, and I you know a week before I went in and pulled all the cards and found a, you know some good patterns, uh, even without the corn being harvested on some mm-hmm. corn pieces. So I'm like, hey, you know this pattern is pretty consistent. It was mostly doe activity. There were a few of the target bucks that were making their way up there, but it was mostly doe activity, which I try to get my does harvested earlier in the year if yeah. I can, yeah. and save my November time for just chasing big whitetails. Yeah. And I went in opening day, not a thing. Really? Not a thing. And <laughs> what was funny is I pulled the card on the way out, and. <laughs> Unfortunately, somebody had ran right through that area with a dirt bike no. like the day before. <laughs> oh my god! Yep. So I pulled pulled the car on the way out and just saw you know a couple of faces with dirt bikes running through there, and obviously it, it affected the area. Now, do you think just real quick while you because you know on the properties that I hunt the same thing you know it's all trails dirt bikers go through there. Do you think it, it affects the deer that? Mo- I mean, obviously maybe for a day or so, but. How so, you know how long do you think it'll keep them off that? So this particular individual went through what I call like a temporary bedding area. So oh, yeah. when the corn is still up, some of the deer harvest. Uh, excuse me. Some of the deer spend time a little bit higher up on the property. It's, a, it's as you drive in, it's a massive cornfield, and then basically one big hill that drops off and into a, a creek bottom, and then there's some hardwoods on the other side. Yeah. So when the corn is up, the deer a lot of times will bed in the corn. And this is, you know, 100 acres of corn that's up there. Yeah. So they'll bed in the corn, but still because the acorns are dropping this time of year, they'll, they'll transition in and out. So they'll come into the hardwoods for a bit, then run back into the corn and, and you know, vice versa, do the pattern in both directions. So there's this temporary bedding area that it's just a nasty thicket where they had cleared it out a number of years ago with some bulldozers and all the growth came back up uh it's, pro- it's probably four years maybe even five years now so you can imagine how scrub scrubby yeah. and, and yeah. nasty that little clearing is and it's not very big it's maybe only 75 yards wide by about that deep so yep. it's, it's you know it's a decent area but it's not huge and they'll the deer will go in and out of there they'll bed in there all day as long as they're not disturbed then headed right into the corn and come right back and vice versa so i was on the on the edge of that trying to catch him on that pattern so this individual with a dirt bike literally went right through that opening oh, cut himself yeah. a new trail oh really yeah and then dropped into the hardwoods and you know ended up on a few of our cameras so it disturbed yeah. the area quite a bit getting back to your question i think dirt bikers atvs even some other off-road vehicles if they stay on the maintained trails like the the existing trails that are out there in a lot of the places that we hunt and they just kind of motor through the deer eventually get used to them kind of like they do farm equipment and they'll stop they'll pause they might even you know jump back 50 yards or or even blow out from time to time but i don't think it completely disrupts their movement yeah at least in my experience it hasn't but when you get somebody that's off trail that is stopping starting getting off you know eating a snack talking to their buddies and starts hooping it up now you have major disruption now were they i mean i know that's it's obviously private land where you hunt so were those guys trespassing yeah 100 100 trespassing yeah. yeah so that sucks and you can't even do really do much about it no and it's hard you know like the the you know, law enforcement does what they can to try to keep up with that kind of thing, but Back they're, there, they're there and gone so yeah. fast that, yeah. you know, you, you report them and they're already, you know, miles away by yeah. the time anybody shows up, unfortunately. So it's a hard thing to police. You know, you do your best and just hopefully the presence of vehicles being there now, now yeah, that hunting not. season is open, these people will think twice and say, oh man, I don't want to deal with other, you know, other folks yeah. in the woods or other people are around paying attention now and or even we'll just, just to just to respect on, you know? that you know the hunters are back there because they know they you know people that know town's pretty yeah, yeah 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 
Um, all right. Well, that I mean that sucks, man. I'm sorry to hear that. That's yeah. Not- so that affected my opening day and my opening. So opening afternoon. Uh, my other piece, we have Eversource in there right now, working on telephone poles. Damn Eversource. <laughs> <laughs> So actually, it's been the last two years they've been in there. They yeah. they went north south one year, and now they're going east west. Yeah, east to west. We <laughs> we went down in there and just hoping that, uh, you know, traditional movement we'd get some some deer in the cornfield. But that night, nothing came out. None of the other guys saw deer. Really, not even in the corn. Wow, nothing. Wow, nothing. That's nuts. So yeah, we struck out. All of us struck out. I went zero for two on opening day. Um, I think obviously the ATV and or excuse me the dirt bike traffic definitely messed up my morning. I mean I, these deer were like clockwork. They were there every yeah. single day, and there was six seven of them yeah. walking yeah. through at seven thirty a.m. every day like clockwork. Wow. And then for it to just be like a light switch, I knew something wasn't quite right when I yeah. didn't see any deer, not even skippers, young deer, you know. So. And it has, you can't blame weather because it hasn't been that hot. You know, I mean, it was pretty warm. Opening but it's day not... was warm and muggy, but there's, it still wasn't. I mean, I think the morning was month, pretty cool, right? I had a month worth of, oh, pattern, you know, pattern yeah, of the deer. Yeah. They were there. I knew they were going to be there. Yeah. You know, so, so then, yeah, it, it was definitely, definitely the the disruption from the the dirt bike. That sucks. That sucks. Um, well, my opening day was kind of just as uneventful. Um, well, I, I can't say that. So. But it, it was, I saw some deer, none of them uh, were even close to being in, in range for a shot. Um, I hunted the small piece of property that me and you put the new stand up. Um, felt good, got in there, I felt confident, I was ready to go. Um, and then just things just started going wrong. <laughs> so I'm sitting in the stand, I got my camera arm up and the camera arm... Um, so on the muddy arms, they're not like two hooks, you know, like a Velcro strap or a, not a Velcro strap, just a um, like a regular tree stand strap or something like that. Okay. There's two the hooks. That hold, yeah, yeah, ratchet straps. I'm sorry. Um, so muddy's got like a little knob on it, and then you put a couple, you know, loops in. Sure, I think the tree, tree stands, stands are built like very similar. Well, of course, the tree we put the tree stand in is, was huge, you know, so the, the strap that came with the camera arm didn't work. So now it's, you know, in the dark, I'm trying to throw a, a ratchet strap around. Oh, and then, a big tree. That had to be yeah. Tall. And, you know, the rat, it's the rat. It, I thought it worked at first, but then it just doesn't get the. You have to do what Muddy wants you to do with those things or you just don't get the tension on the on the plate to hold the arm up. So sure as shit, I'm. Um, sun comes out and uh or it's legal shooting time sun was starting to come out and a coyote runs in and that was you know number two i was like damn (laughs) here we go and and he sits about 10 yards from my tree stand doesn't know i'm there oh really yeah he sits 10 yards from my tree stand he just sits down he's looking over the the clearing that's back there you know and uh it was cool to see beautiful coyote um finally he gets up and he starts trotting along and i try to take i take a whack at him with the bow but i missed and then he mm-hmm. takes off so that was cool to see and then um i got that on camera and while i was fidgeting with the camera arm it starts sliding down because it doesn't have the tension on it so now i gotta rip that off spend about 20 minutes you know in daylight now trying to finagle this thing to the other side tighten it as best i can and um so finally I get that situated and I'm sitting and I'm looking looking around, just kind of scoping the area and no movement yet. It was probably an hour or two after after sunrise. And uh and then I see a tail move up in the north corner of the property. And uh it was that eight pointer that you know that I that I gotten in camera and been yeah, talking you have about some for history a while. With him, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, damn. And the wind that morning was a northern wind. And it, so it was blowing right into that bed, you know, and it, it was, um, he got up and then another deer behind him got up and I, I think it was another buck. So it was pretty big. Um, but I couldn't see the rack. I just saw the eight pointer. So he got up and he didn't come down the hill. He went out into some other Oak flats up top. And, uh, about an hour after that, um, I saw another buck run out of, uh, I guess, another bedding area because I didn't see him. N- nothing else crossed over to go into there, so they must be bedding back 
corner of that other property, neighboring property. And he just kind of bolted out and over back up to that northern corner. And uh, and that was it. You know, that was it for, for my opening day. I don't think I went out in the afternoon. Uh, I might have went out in the afternoon, but I don't think I saw anything at the other other property. But um, So you so had it, some action. You saw some deer. Yeah, no, I, was, I mean, I was happy to see. Now I kind of know if they're bedding up in that corner, I might have to switch to that other stand that I already have there, even though it's still, you know, it's close, but you'd be just off the wind a little bit. That's more. what I was thinking, and that's what I wanted to, ask, you know, ask you as well because I'm I wasn't a hundred percent sure on that. Even you know, being fifty yards to um, to the east, would that blow my scent past that standard? Do you think it'd still get caught up into that that hilltop? You know, it's it's interesting. So you have because you have some terrain change there, your thermals are going to come into play. Mm-hmm. So on a morning, the air is still heavy early in the morning. Yeah. And it's still going to sit where you are in the kind of the valley of that hill. Yeah. But as the sun really starts to crack up and warm the earth, you're going to get a change. And if you don't have a strong wind that day consistently, I'm talking in a spot like that where there's a a pretty good elevation change, you're going to want a good like seven or eight mile an hour wind that's consistently blowing your wind in in the opposite direction obviously yeah, yeah. or just off direction yeah to kind of fight those thermals so as those thermals without the wind come up if there was no wind at all it's just going to start to it will initially start to swirl yeah and then it's going to start pulling them up the hill okay so as the the air heats up it's going to rise and eventually it'll blow out in the in the upper the back end of that where where you're sitting yeah yeah in the morning or in the evening it does just the exact opposite it's going to come from the top of the hill with if there's no other wind affecting it and it's going to sink into the bottom okay where you're sitting so if you have that nice consistent wind you can be a little bit more aggressive and kind of get just off wind and might be able to you know be what you need to, to to get a harvester at least get an opportunity but if you have light and variable or if you have you know zero to five you're going to probably struggle in an area where you have terrain change like that because those thermals are going to give you some swirl. All right. So that's what I would look at first. And then... So kind of a heavier wind or... Or... or, Yeah, or something that's really consistent. And wind is not... You know, you go to one property and it feels like it's blowing like crazy and, you know, you go to a different property and it's nothing. nothing. So it's really hard to predict it right now and tell you, hey, sit here when mm-hmm. it's doing this you know but based on your your history there yeah um, and now you know that their their bedding pattern has changed a little bit mm-hmm. from what you thought it was now you know just yeah. just look for a little bit more stronger consistent wind when you can yeah i mean you know and thinking about it seeing it that day that really is like the perfect place for them to bed because they see that whole you know small valley or whatever you want to call it the bottom of the bottom of the hill there yeah. and um so yeah so that you know there was it was good to see that um and learn that information and then see you know to see two or three bucks on opening day i was pretty happy especially on that property where i almost go you know the entire season without seeing any maybe one if i'm lucky you know i see you know so now it's just kind of getting into the patterning of that property which i never really did before and kind of figuring these these bucks out and you know thanks to you thanks you know all your help and, and knowledge too matt so that's definitely helped me a lot um, trying to figure this place out. I'm just glad the, the new stand that we yeah, busted our butts yeah. sweating to put up actually paid off for yeah. you. And, oh, yeah. And at least some opportunity to see, to see some deer movement. Yep. You know? Yep. So it's going to be, you know, it'll be good. Um, now, and the other thing, too, is I'm going to stay. So last year, I think I hunted that property maybe every other weekend kind of thing just because I was going back and forth between the two. This year, my plan is to just hunt on either like a southern southeast wind or something like that you know and just to see if that what what changes that makes with seeing bucks on that property so this is like the test here this is this is going to be but i have good 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 hope i strong hope and uh and and it should be really good it should pay off yeah i think you're you're making the right call and you know when you have weekends you hunt mostly weekends yeah so you have limited time to go out and you're looking at it like ah i just want to be in the woods i want to go chase yeah. deer and it's really hard 
to rein yourself back in and say, I'm not going to go sit this property if the wind's not yeah, right. Yeah, you know, yeah. uh, if even if it's a crosswind, you know, you might you, you could probably get away with a, a decent crosswind over there mm. and not need just a pure straight south. Yeah. But <clears throat> it's it's going to pay, pay off for you in the long run. And it might not be the number of deer you see, but it might be the right deer. You yeah. See. Quality over quantity. Right. Um, and the other thing that's going to help this year, too, is I was lucky enough to harvest a deer already. Yes. <laughs> yes. First tag punch. Yeah, first tag punch, a small buck on my other property. Um, and, uh, you know, I was very grateful. That was a kind of a crazy hunt. Uh, quick after work hunt uh, with a crossbow on the ground and uh, full, of, full of excitement on that property. A lot of deer uh, sitting on that sitting on that piece. And uh, so I couldn't have, couldn't have been happier. Now, now kind of the pressure's off. And I know we talked about this before, but like now, and this, you know, still going back to hunting that smaller property, the pressure's off to fill a tag. So I won't, I don't have the pressure to want to hunt that property as much anymore either. Sure. You know, that and that's why I, I can get picky with the weekends now. Um, and I only have one more uh, buck tag for archery for the rest of the year. So, so know. take me through... The other day, you know, when you harvested your your first buck this year, yeah. And, and why did you go there? You know, why was why why that day? Why did you sit in that area? You know, what what brought you over there? Yeah. So all right. So this piece of property, um, I've been on. This is my second year on there now. Uh, last year, I hunted it during shotgun season. I kind of just sat. You know, same kind of thing after work one day, and uh, um, g- great great. Uh, part of the property it's like a nice little fun away between bedding and and a f- food source or you know a field for the deer and uh so last year i was sitting during shotgun saw a bunch of deer my shotgun jammed i ended up you know botching that deer hunt but I, it was actually the same night that i shot my buck last year so i uh so i go in after work and it's just quick off the trail my tree stand on that property is in the back of the property so it would have taken me a little while to get back there um and i would have probably just pushed some deer around i didn't want to go through all that so i just walk in it's a quick five ten minute walk sit down on a tree um and the first night i hunted that spot in my compound i had gotten busted up a few times i think i saw like six deer the first night so i went back that friday after setting in my crossbow and uh figured i had a better chance from the ground with that posted up on another tree again i was hunting on the ground and sure as sure enough there's you know a couple deer as soon as i walk in um they move out of the way i couldn't get a shot and uh then two more doe come in behind me start blowing at me so i move you know 10 yards 10 15 yards to the left after they came through and about a half hour left of daylight two more deer i hear coming behind me one starts blowing and uh i just kind of quick turn around and uh this buck just looked at me and he just kind of you know nodding back and forth couldn't, yeah, couldn't really tell what i was couldn't really make me out and then uh every time you know he'd put his head behind a tree i kind of inched around with my crossbow a little bit more and finally that you know the last time he put his head back behind a tree long enough where his vitals were exposed perfectly and um i put a zeus right through him in and and just to kind of give some free promo to these to uh to the zoo to the guys who make zeus man those broadheads i was very happy with it i mean the deer i i wouldn't say it was a perfect shot it was it was a pretty good shot um it was more of a shoulder hit right? it was more of a shoulder hit but that broadhead is made to penetrate through bone so I went through the shoulder and then out kind of far. It, I mean, what would you say? Because Matt helped me butcher it afterwards, and I'd say it kind of bounced. It must have bounced off his other shoulder, went out his back towards the back of the rib cage. I think the exit wound was. Yeah, it looked. Was he slightly quartering when he took the shot? Yeah, but it not that angle. He was, well, I guess quartering. He's quartering too. To me, yeah. Yeah. But. So, so having it. Shoulder hits aren't, aren't uncommon when you have them quartering two, and then they should exit back on the offside. That's Is normal. that just that's like that's the flex the, inside? Or? No, it's just the angle that the, the shot happened at. So um, if you're quartering two, 
Oh yeah, I guess yeah, yeah. All right, I got. They're you. gonna they're gonna enter, you know, ideally right behind the shoulder, but in this case, you went right through the shoulder, which I think is yeah. why he expired quickly. Yeah. And then they'll they'll exit, you know, somewhere in the rib cage or yeah. beyond, depending on how steep that angle is on the offside. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, uh, great broadhead. Check those guys out, Zeus broadheads. But, um, so yeah, the deer. You know, I was kind of skeptical at first because I saw him. He didn't really, he jumped a little bit, but not like, you know, with a compound bow, you look for that jump and that thwack. And I mean, he was so close that this arrow just went right through him so quick. And I barely heard like a nice um, thwack or cr- crack, whatever. And uh, and then he kind of just walked away. So I'm like, oh crap, man, did I miss? Like he was pretty close, but I'm pretty sure I was spot on. And so I, I wait for about a half hour and then I'm like, I'm just going to stand up and look, you know, see if my, I could see my arrow just to see some blood or something. And I stood up and I just saw a white belly about 35 yards away and he was done. Um, blood trail was great. You know, he, and he bled out quick and, um, not much of a track job. Like I said, I saw him right away and it was just, a I was, ha- I was happy as hell, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think couple things played in your favor one he was close to yeah, the crossbow yeah. um the power you know, of that power thing the oh speed of the crossbow for yep. sure and you know you, you didn't say that you know the zeus broadhead was was made not that you're aiming for the shoulder per se but yeah. it was made to handle those types of shots it helped in that situation and it helped definitely. in that situation yeah, yeah. so that, i mean that's the challenge with a quartering shot you know it's never a shot that you necessarily you, you'd rather have that broadside or quarter yeah. away shot you don't necessarily want to take the quartering shot if you can avoid it and your situation being on the ground that's tough man to, it was, yeah it was to inch around a tree and not get picked yeah. off and, and plus i'm i mean i'm a righty so and i had to spin to the right side of the tree so now i'm kind of essentially holding the gun back i'm shooting with my left and you know shoot right. pulling the trigger with my left hand and that's right. it was just kind of backwards for me so um but either way, you so know, it worked out. Yeah, yeah, it worked out. We got it done, man. I was happy. Um, and then, of course, like lucky enough, Matt, <laughs> Matt was around. He was excited. I called him up and, uh, and well, him, you, and uh, he's like, "Yeah, bring the deer over, man. Don't worry about going to the butcher. We'll butcher, butcher him up tonight." I'm like, "All right." <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's so. I mean, there, there's there's a lot of people that use the butchers out there, and I'm not knocking them, yeah. but it's a skill that you know you should spend the time when you can to learn it you know i was i'm not i'm not a professional per se by any means but i have butchered quite a few deer yeah, yeah. Um, i self-taught and it shows man those cuts <laughs> <laughs> self-taught and it's just it's good to know how to how to process your own game and in you know every opportunity you can to to do it just yeah. do it or whether it's helping out a buddy and you just try to pass on some of that knowledge yeah yep yep yeah, well, I definitely, I mean, I appreciate it, man. That helped me out a lot. Save me, you know, save me a hundred bucks too. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so I mean, I'm not knocking. There's some situations where butchers make a lot of sense. If you're short on time or if you're traveling yeah. and you're going from like some of these, you know, guys that go from one hunt to the next hunt to yeah. the next hunt, yep, you know, yep. they, they maybe don't have the, the tools that they need. They don't have the knife. They don't have a setup or, you know, they, they just can't do it from logistical standpoint. But yeah. If you if you spend the time, you learn. You can get pretty quick and efficient at it. And uh, I mean, I mean, it didn't take us any time at all. Well, no, and I mean, lucky enough, I I had a, it was pretty late by the time I got to your house. I think it was what nine o'clock or so, eight thirty maybe. And uh, you know, being Friday night, my wife's at home waiting to eat dinner and and all that good stuff. So I'm like, Matt, I gotta just kind of drop this thing and go. And you know, like I said, lucky enough, Matt Matt was cool enough, and yeah, it wasn't too cool out. Yeah, it wasn't I, too warm it, out. It wasn't too bad, and I had it I had it skinned out in probably yeah. 20 minutes. And then I went over the next morning, and we finished it up. So um, very grateful. Thank you again, Matt, for that. I, I appreciate it 100%. Um, so, yeah, so that's, I mean, that's pretty much where I'm at with my deer season. Um, I've been out a couple times since then, haven't really seen anything. Um, what about you? Now, we you're, the trip's coming up soon. We know that. I mean, you're what almost two weeks out just about or just actually right? we're under two weeks under two under yeah. two weeks for the elk trip now so my focus has really shifted from spending some time in the whitetail woods just to making sure that yeah we're ready to go for the elk hunt um you know we've had 
just as some some local updates we've had this triple e virus hit with mosquitoes yep, in, yep. in connecticut and it seems like it's getting worse right now than it's get before it's going to get better yeah and one of the areas that i hunt was hit pretty hard with it and have there's all sorts of public health emergencies out there right now and you know there's spraying going on in that area so yeah i just i have chosen not to to go down there it's basically one big swamp that i'm in yeah, yeah you know, the yeah. whole area floods every spring and all of that so don't take the chance yeah it's just not worth the chance for me you know the temps haven't been amazing yeah you know, they've, they've been huntable but they haven't been out of this world you yeah know, we ha- it's not like we had a massive cold front come in and drop 20 degrees yeah. you know from one day to the next to really move some of the bucks around so but it should be soon we were talking about earlier it yeah, might be this yeah, upcoming ne- week or next yeah, week next week you know middle of middle of october historically is when connecticut sees their first frost yep so we're, we're probably hopefully on par for that and that'll kind of kick me back into the whitetail woods a little bit it's i'm chomping at the bit you know it's a little <laughs> difficult to not be out but it's for me in those areas it's it's just not worth it and then yeah. uh one of the other primary areas that i hunt the corn is still up and that should be harvested hopefully this week yeah so well, again i'm looking for and it's about a hundred acre cornfield that I'm looking to get cut. So they still, but they'll still hit that cornfield after it's. Yeah, but they're not going to be spending all their time laying it. Well, yeah, so that's, that's, yeah, what, that's, that's what's happened with some of the you know uh, ATV and dirt bike pressure has kind of pushed them into the cornfield a little bit. And there's still deer out moving. Don't get me wrong; like it's not impossible, but yeah. they're not on their typical patterns yet. Once they get, once that corn gets cut. Now they're all going to be bedding back into the timber yep. and on a very consistent bed feed pattern out to that cut cornfield. So I got you. I got just you. instead of putting scent everywhere and going just because it's early in the season and going, I'm pulling back the reins a little bit on myself saying, hey, let me just wait until this pattern is locked in. I know it's going to happen. It happens every year. We just need this corn to get cut and some yep. of these, these colder temps to set in. So when that happens, I'll be out full force. Yeah. Cool. Cool. So, for your next uh, like your next upcoming week, what is your what are your hunting plans? For the next upcoming week, uh, well, actually, this upcoming week, I'm I'm going. Me and the wife are taking doing a little weekend getaway, so um, I'm gonna try to get out maybe once during the week. You know, just another quick sit. Um, like I said, I'm not too hell bent on filling the tags now, just because it's still September. I mean, I know I got three tags left, and I sound pretty cocky right now, but I'd rather wait till it gets a little cooler just to get that real New England hunting yeah. feel. You, you know sure. what I mean? Sure. <laughs> like, so it feels like fall and doesn't feel like an extended summer. Yeah, you know, it's I. the mornings have been decent here. Um, it's been cool enough where it's like, all right, I might throw on a sweatshirt, but it's, you know, I just want that nice. I want to see the leaves changing and dropping while I'm in the woods and that nice crunch of, like, a, a deer walking behind you. And so... Um, like I said, the pressure is kind of off. Well, it's off for me right now. I got some meat in the freezer, so I'm happy. I still got some meat from last year. Um, so, and you can take as much as you want, Matt. I know you're running <laughs> low. Um, so yeah, so the pressure's off. So this week I'll probably just kind of lay low. Uh, once we get back from, uh, upstate New York next week, it's going to be back full force, you know, during the weeks it's my my wife is she's been very lenient this year and allowing me to get out during the week (laughs) so i like it but at the same time i'm not a huge fan of doing our afternoon sits and i think we talked about this in another episode um you're a morning guy if you can choose yeah i'm a morning guy and even this year so and i don't know if i i might have told you when we were cutting up when we were butchering the deer so i shoot the buck i go you know i i find it got it whatever i go back to my truck to get my deer cart and you know by the time i get my deer cart throw the wheels on it get it back into the woods it's dark now yeah i marked on my onyx a spot that was probably 10 yards away from where the deer was laying for a half an hour i wandered the woods like a lost puppy and could not find the deer i went into full freak out mode i'm calling my wife i'm like (laughs) i can't find the deer now I don't know if he got up and ran away. Like, what's going on? Did a coyote come and get him? So finally I locate him again. But that's just, 
you know you bang your head up on the tree saying what oh was i thinking was there the whole time <laughs> it drove yeah it drove me nuts but you know the upside is i was able to to find my my bolt because i couldn't find it um while it was light out oh so there was a reason why you walked around. yeah there yeah so there was just a, walking around aimlessly no so i got my bolt um and i got the deer i got the deer out but i'm just i, I don't know i'm not i get kind of freaked out man i'm like is there like a pack of hyenas following me? yeah you know <laughs> <laughs> so i'm trying to rush this thing out pitch black woods and you know you got a headlamp on but that doesn't give you crap for light it's just a little beam in front of you so oh, man so uh, i i hear you. it's if you can drag them out in the daylight it's easier you're not yeah. tripping and fumbling over rocks but yeah and i know you told me if you need help call me and this and that but i you know i just i like i gotta be the big honcho guy it. ripping the deer you'll myself shoot and, you'll shoot a bunch more and you'll get used to doing things in the dark and yeah yeah that's I, all it is it's just it's just time yeah i, I mean i will say i see uh, especially on that property alone um most of the action is afternoon action at least that's what i've come to notice over since last year i shot the my buck last year same you know in the afternoon uh walking out back to my truck every you know doing the, the after work hunts obviously but i mean if I, i'm seeing six eight deer a sit you know right. and maybe yeah, one or two in the, the morning are good right. yeah so i mean that's it's prime time to be in there uh you know, once it gets cooler, I think there's going to be a lot more movement in the morning. I just think it's you know night night times where it's at right now. So yeah, so early season that's that's pretty common. You know, the, yeah, yep. a lot of times early season, and for us in Connecticut, early season is mid September to probably like the second week of October is usually where I notice the switch starting to happen. Yeah, right around the time of that first frost comes. The deer you can find them in the morning, but the movement's usually really early. Yeah and you're basically just trying to cut them off on their way back to bedding but in order to do that especially for some of the older bucks you have to get pretty far in mm, yeah you know aka yeah. closer to their bedding area yeah or you know farther down that pattern before you can catch them yeah. and you like i said you might just be catching them as legal shooting light ticks over yeah. i've had a lot of deer early season walk by me before it's legal shooting light and you just got to let them go and yeah, hope yeah. that they come back out in the afternoon <laughs> you know but a lot of times this you know in this early season they're back to bed before legal shooting light comes or just as legal shooting light is is coming on yeah. and in the afternoons especially if you have a good dedicated food source whether that be a clover field a hay field corn whatever it is some ag field that's available you can almost set your watch to it yeah that hey when this when this corn cut gets caught on the property that i've been talking about i could literally just sit there in, in my truck on the road going in and probably could tell you within a half an hour of sunset that you're gonna see something yeah within yeah. Ha- and i'm talking like legal sunset so that's not dark i'm yeah. talking about legal sunset half hour before that i could tell you right now by a watch i could sit up there and just last year <laughs> and it's gonna happen for about 10 days yeah and then after that 10 day period and some of that has to do with pressure and us going in there hunting him they're gonna start coming out just at sunset yeah so then you gotta get into the timber a little bit farther and, and catch them on their way to the field but there's a window of time yeah early season where that afternoon sit is really productive now do you think that you know that that switch period that you were talking about could be considered the october lull oh the october like lull. is is it you know <laughs> what i mean like is that just because of pressure do you think the deer actually like switch up their you know their own routines not because of pressure like that's just what's your what are your thoughts on that so my take is that it's it's a combination of the two okay deer are absolutely changing their pattern that time of year yeah early season you can see bachelor group bucks you can see you know some very like i said distinct patterns because the acorns are just starting to fall in the timber yeah right so if you have an area where you have you know patchy oaks it's usually fantastic in october yeah as those start to really hit the ground and ripen up you could almost you know bet that you're gonna have some deer especially if you have white oaks okay and i find in october mid-october they'll still go out to the destination fields whether it be you know clover or whether it be a hay field with alfalfa mixed in for horses or, or a grain field like corn 
they'll still go out there but they're they're going out there much later and they're starting to nibble on all this all these acorns that are like fudge they're like candy to them yeah, yeah. Know, it's almost like they're having dessert before they're having dinner <laughs> that's how they get the diabetes <laughs> <laughs> so they're going out there and and i think around that time of year is a testosterone change for the bucks so yep. they're not in bachelor groups anymore yeah they're they're tolerant of each other they're becoming a little less tolerant of each other and starting to bed in isolated patches yeah and a lot of times i've seen bucks literally go from you know one part of the property to the exact polar opposite mm. and they'll you know i might have had them in september on two or three cameras in the north and now i have them on two or three cameras in the south just because you know another buck either you know moved them out or they they're just going into their fall pattern gotcha and it changes and and you see a bigger change if you're comparing it to like july august yeah and this is big in you know the midwest where you get all that beautiful velvet footage and july yeah. august, you see them all the time and then you hit that october period where yeah. a lot of those seasons open up and they're like hey where'd the deer go yeah you see a little bit more drastically in that comparison because you're a few a few months apart versus a few weeks apart gotcha gotcha but i do see at like mid-october you see some scrapes start to open up yeah you know yeah. And, and, yeah. and there's a few early season too but you see a lot of straight scrapes really start to get active yeah and a lot of scraping activity is at night but you're saying okay it, the rut is coming their testosterone is on like a bell curve and it's starting that uptick so is that what you know and i know you we've talked about this before just i think while we were hanging the stand we were talking about it but when so are you putting out like a mock scrape at that point or do you do it like earlier in the season just to kind of see what's you know they'll hit that scrape all year yeah even before that testosterone change and even yeah yeah okay. so, so scrape is just a it's a signpost yeah okay and does use it bucks use it and they'll just check it out and move on a lot of times and then sometimes if they're you know if it's the rut or, or you know end of october you'll see them go in there and they'll thrash the heck out of it and you know really want to work those tarsal glands and the glands that are on the top of their forehead i forget the name right now but they'll work all those overhanging licking branches um and that type of activity i see a little bit more like deeper into october okay but they'll check it even early season so i put mock scrapes out right around most of my cameras unless okay. it's sitting on like a, a middle of a food source if i'm on a field edge i'll still throw a mock scrape because that's why i and like i said i know me and you have talked about it before but i was thinking on that property we put the new stand I want to yeah. like I, I've been wanting to since we've talked about it, yeah. but if I could should put one that close to the stand or like Abs- in absolutely 20, 20, 30 yards. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. All right. And if nothing else, you know, if you do get the opportunity and they just all it is is a spot for them to pause for a second. That's yeah. yeah. And just pause them and then they move on. Okay. But yeah, so this time of year, it's not uncommon to see better activity in in the afternoons, and then when that switch happens right around the quote-unquote lull Mm. um that's a lot of biological and physiological changes that are happening for the deer but they've also been hunted for a month now here in connecticut so they also start to see a little bit more you know after dark activity on trail cameras that's not uncommon and a lot of that is due to pressure yeah so i'm hoping this year because we've kind of laid off our farms some in part of weather, some because we're prepping for the elk hunt, some because triple E, e triple E is hitting some <laughs> of the areas pretty hard. Sounds like a wrestler, like a bad wrestler. <laughs> triple E's coming for you. <laughs> so even though even though that's all happened, we're hoping that October is going to be even more productive for us because yeah. we we haven't had any boots in the ground. Yeah, really. Now, do you like saving tags? Like, would you rather shoot? Would you? And this is like I said, my confidence is up. I got my little buck on the ground. Like I have to save a tag now for November, but if you if you could choose between shooting two like September bucks, or like two no two November bucks, if they're my t- if they're part of like the target bucks that I've yeah. had on camera all year, I'm shooting them the first day that I see. It does, yeah, it yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Okay. I mean, hunting in November is awesome because you're in the rut and you can see some of that chasing yeah. activity. That's all sorts of exciting. But I would never, I would never wait if it's one of the deer that I've been after. Yeah. And when does like in Connecticut? What's what's uh, shotgun? Well, pri- privately it, it and changes, rifle. It changes sometimes year to year. This year, I believe it's November twentieth. It opens. And would land. would that be considered the tail? No, I mean that's is that the tail that's, end of the rut? That's I mean, is that really to me? I guess the rut changes too. Every you know, there's so, real no. 
it happens again it's a bell curve so it's not like you can just say hey it starts on this day and yeah. it ends on this day as much as people really want it to be yeah. that black and white it's just not that black yeah. and white and you can find a lot of it based on change based on dough to buck ratios on your individual property yeah so if you have you know a, an even buck to doe ratio you might not see a ton of chasing because mm. the bucks aren't having to search very far yeah but if you have fewer bucks but a nice older age class of them or excuse me the other way around if you have fewer toes but you know a more mature buck age yeah, class you yeah. can see a lot of nice chasing with big old antlers you know kind of like that classic thing that everybody yeah. wants to see i've know. only seen that a couple of times man it's it's a hell of a show when you do you know yeah if you have 20 does and three bucks on <clears> the property you know no, nobody's looking very hard yeah and that's what i think them. you know that small my small property i think that's what it is We'll see. We'll see. Should be a good year. I mean, I got I got a lot of ho- high hopes for this year. I mean, it sounds like you do too. Um, once it cools down, I think it's gonna just get livened right up, and I think it's gonna be a great, you know, great fall, great, yeah. great autumn deer season. So, I'm excited. I'm excited for it. I'm excited for your elk hunt, man. I can't wait. You know, you I'll get the crew out there, get some killer footage. I need some pictures. I need, you know, I need to see what the West is like. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we're pretty, pretty excited. We're, we're ready. Um, it's one of those things now where you're just like marking days off. The oh yeah. Yeah. Can, yeah. can't get here soon enough. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And the, the Elkra is, is going on right now. So, you know, oh, yeah, yeah. all yep, the yep. social media and the interwebs, you see all sorts of big bulls hitting the ground and bugling yeah. footage and all that stuff. So it just makes it that much more exciting you know exciting yeah. and it's hyping you up that much more and it's just yeah it, it's it can't get here soon enough yeah well i can't wait i know you can't wait so it's gonna be good um we'll have to figure out i'll have to call you somehow from the from the or you call me from the mountain somehow <laughs> and do a do a short podcast or something <laughs> so we'll figure it out but in the meantime matt um i think that's a good stopping point until next week for us uh why don't you hit them with some knowledge tell them where they can find you at yeah thanks tj and thank you everybody for following along we appreciate it please hit the like and subscribe button and share us with please people please you please be interested you could find me on east to west outdoors on facebook and matt underscore e2w outdoors on instagram there you go and as always you can find us at uh, the eastern edge hunting podcast uh check me out at killstring outdoors killstringoutdoors.com um like matt said thank you guys so much for all the support uh, because of you, this is why we keep doing it every week and having to hang out with each other and talk about hunting because we just hate doing that. So um, <laughs> thanks again, guys, and make sure to tune in next week. Drop some comments. Let us know how your deer season's going, your elk season, whatever season it is that you're hunting, whatever you're hunting. Um, drop some comments. Drop some pictures. Hit us up on Facebook, Instagram. We're all over the place. So in the meantime, guys, we will catch up with you guys next week. Good luck in the woods, everybody.